Voices are exotic Dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your voices And your seduction Your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. This is the very first podcast of Ear Seduction. Now, it's been three years in the making, and during those three years, it's gone through significant changes. I've updated my equipment, I've expanded my topics, and I've played with the format. After three long years, I've collected a few scores of episodes. After working with the audio and post-production, I've decided that I'm going to publish all of it. This way you can follow the progress of the show, our personal growth as hosts, uh, or my personal growth as a host, and some of the some of my co-hosts, and the, sh- and the show's ever-changing structure. In the first season, in, in this first season, there are a few things to note. First off, we're going to put out all the shows all at once so you can binge watch them. And this first episode is going to be audio only. Now, I'm going to modify it to also release it on YouTube. But uh, as of right now, it is audio-only podcast, and it is not going to be on YouTube. Phase two of the publishing of this first season will be to publish it also on YouTube. Now, what are a few things that you should know about this season? First off, the the audio quality is very poor, and I'm very sorry for that. Um, When I first started doing this, I wasn't really sure how interested I was going to be in it. Uh, I'm the kind of person that likes to take on new things uh, without giving it too much thought. And that can be very expensive if you decide to just jump in, you know, hook, line, and sinker into a new activity. And so I went on the cheap for the first season. And so I I apologize uh, off the bat that the the sound quality is not very good at all. Uh, Do bear with us, though, because the show's production quality gets much, much better. In the first season, my co-host, the Minnesota Misanthrope, is also uh, using poor equipment and therefore sounds terrible. His audio actually generally sounds worse than mine just because I'm the host and I have sort of, I'm in control of most of the equipment. Um, So you're going to hear from him a lot of background noises, a lot of bangs and clangs and clicks and ticks. And again, I'm very sorry for that. I've done everything I can to minimize these noises in post-production, but they are still there in many of the discussions. It's important to note that in the first season, we didn't really have a clear goal or theme. There were some things that I definitely wanted to do, but I didn't really know what I wanted this podcast to be, and I didn't really know how to go about making a podcast. So we're really flying by the seat of our pants. Um, This led to us covering multiple topics that we wanted to bring basically anything we thought about to the table uh, and record it and make a show out of it. So please bear with us. Uh, The episodes get much better uh, and are more focused as the shows progress. Um, This first season, though, is all over the place, and we hope you really like it. We had a lot of fun making it, um, but we just sort of scattershot on everything. Now, by the time episode, or excuse me, by the time season three is released, you're going to see some very focused themes in the podcast. (laughs) Another thing to note is, as a host, I realized early on that in order to reach my goals, I was going to need to produce more content and with more guests. Uh, The Minnesota Misanthrope is a fine sparring partner for many of my topics. Um, but it was also clear that I needed to talk to more people. I needed to engage in th- in activities like interviews and invite academics onto the show and in order to give it a, a more rich conversation and add more depth. 
there's only so much you can accomplish with one other co-host. And it was clear to me after the first season that I needed to expand. And there's actually one episode in the first season where I do that. I bring on a, a guest and we discuss human rights specifically as they pertain to gay rights and specifically even more as they pertain to people's right to either bake or not bake a cake for gay people. Lastly, please be aware that this first season is just basically two guys talking about things they're interested in. The episodes aren't scripted. We make a lot of mistakes. In the case of the philosophical and ethical topics we discuss, we're really shooting from the hip and didn't necessarily think everything out perfectly beforehand. Thus, I think you'll notice lots of mistakes in reasoning and also a need for further clarification. And in a lot of ways, in the, especially in the first season, that clarification isn't going to be there. It's going to come in later seasons. And in some cases, it's not going to come at all. My more recent episodes, seasons two and three and four, address many of these topics in more depth and with better reasoning. Uh, so the goal of these first shows was to get talking and to get our positions worked out, to have a safe place where we could just say whatever we thought and to, you know, hold our position, uh, you know, to put forth our argument and to to be okay with whatever happened. So there's a lot of pushback. You'll notice in this episode specifically that, it get, you know, there's some mudslinging going on. I think some feelings get hurt. Um, and I think that we, you know, we move on past it and go on to other episodes. But you'll notice that there's a lot said here and as human beings in this world we change our we've changed our minds probably since then this episode was actually thought excuse me this episode was shot in february of 2017 um so a lot has changed since then i know my position um and my understanding of the topics the right to life and uh, capital punishment and um the prison system have changed a lot over the last 3 years my basic tenets in this episode are the same, but the nuance and the my understanding of these topics has grown a lot. So look forward, I hope you look forward to me adding more information, more depth, more breadth to these specific topics, because I do end up talking about this quite a bit over the course of the next three or four seasons. In later seasons, I flush out my moral and ethical positions in detail. And I even go as far as to build a moral foundation for everybody to use. So please do stay tuned. Thank you again for listening to Ear Seduction. And now, I present to you, my co-host. And now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome my co-host, Mr. Monocane himself. Minnesota's own, the Midwest misanthrope. Live, <laughs> so to speak, uh, my friend. Yes. Yeah. I love eating my Talenti. Hmm. Raspberry chocolate. Ooh. Shard Talenti. Sounds naughty. <laughs> it's probably. <clears throat> you know, you, you've seen you've seen them walking around, you know, the grocery stores. Yeah. And, and you see the look of joy and bliss that comes in their eyes <laughs> when, when, when you know, you got a three-plus person opening up the, you know, the the ice creams and everything like that, yeah. in, that in that aisle. But it's it's something that's gratifying with knowing that you're picking out something better than what they are. 
<laughs> yeah. But the reality is, is you will never appreciate it as much as they will. No, not even close. <laughs> but you're not going to fucking tell them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be like, that's the wrong choice. You want this over here. This is really, you know what? <laughs> fuck you. You're, yeah, you're, fuck you. You've been doing it all wrong in life. Anyway. <laughs> you're going down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, this Have it your really, way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve this, even though you, you, you'd enjoy it more than I would. You haven't fucking earned it yet, so there we go. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing, dude. It's so fun. I got it by accident. Oh, you did? Yeah. I thought it was this... Uh, I thought it was this black raspberry, which I was completely content with. Yeah. Uh, and they have a similar tone to it. And, uh, yeah. So I grabbed this and I saw it when I got brought it home. I was like, raspberry chocolate. Shit. You know, because you, you know those like little assorted chocolates that you get in the yes. box? Yes. You know, assorted boxes of chocolates that you get every week, Paul. You, you know, <laughs> when you go down to Walgreens. <laughs> did you play that? Did you play that game? I have so no, many I, valentines I, that I just never run out of assorted <laughs> boxes of chocolate. <laughs> right? <laughs> so many proposals of marriage, so much lust. It's hard to keep track. I wonder how many lovers are out there eating the same thing <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so and you've had those and they're and they're disgusting. Oh, they're terrible. So, yeah. So, yeah. So of course I was just like, shit. Yeah. And then I, I just let it sit there for way too long, and finally <laughs> just came in, gave it a shot, and I was just like, holy shit. Mm. It's by far, uh, you know, if there was if there was a rating, this is it for me, man. This, this is, is it. This is, yeah. this is the joint. If if I were to propose that to you, along with marriage, you would say yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I don't, I don't want yeah. to marry you, but I want yeah. that to Lindsay. So, but I want that in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they both have to come in my mouth together, yeah. So we have to get that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to work. Yeah. Paul, yeah. watch this. I gotta have my playoff. <laughs> 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 Should we just stop there and see how this was recorded? Or? <laughs> no, no. Let's let's uh, let's get into the meat of it. Let's uh, let's have some fun. All right, man. Um. So, just out of curiosity, did you get a chance to look at any of those YouTube videos? I know I spent. I think I, it was like yesterday or something. So obviously, yeah. You may I not have. Yeah, I haven't yet. I apologize. No, no. That's that's fine. I I, I recognize it's a little preemptive. Yeah, and this is this is seriously as much as I like to be like you know Paul. I didn't get a chance to look at it because honestly, I just don't care. I, <laughs> yeah. I, there was there was there was things that were happening like um, you know I got to check out, uh, did some stuff in the morning with the gym, and then went and, uh, met up with my mom. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I was just curious because I was going to ask you what you thought, but we already have another topic to talk about. So. All right, all right. So that's all good. That's all good. It will be. It will be viewed. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm not worried about it. Uh, what was I going to ask you? So, did you want to? Did you want to talk about? I know we have very different views 
morally speaking, regarding capital punishment and right to life. And you, we had talked about just rehashing those before. Because we had a, if you recall, I don't know how much of this you remember, actually. Because it was a while ago now. I bet it was over a year ago. Yeah. That we, it, it, that we had our really. initial conversation about it. Yeah, yeah. So. It, it, we, we revisited it a couple times, too, so I. Yeah, we touched I, on it. We had, we didn't really get into it as deep as we did that, that one time, though. There was like a, there was a conversation that got so involved that I believe we had a side conversation after that just to make sure everybody was cool. <laughs> it was like, are you cool? I'm cool. I'm cool. Are you cool? We didn't. Yeah. It was like, I didn't piss you off, did I? And you were like, no. And, I, and then you said the same thing to me. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I think probably the best way to, to if I can suggest the best way to approach it is for, mm. you know, uh, you, you drop your stance first because I, I, I don't believe this was something I brought up. Um, but initially, but you know, yeah. I'm engaged with it, obviously. But I think I think there was yeah. a stance that you were. Uh, I forget where how it got started. I, I, you know, can we can we call him the guy instead of his actual name? I think you were having a conversation with the guy, and the guy yeah. is somebody that's going to be the inspiration <laughs> for a lot of topics that pop up. Yeah, no, I, I agree that this gentleman is probably probably going to be at least on the list of things to talk about. In fact, I want to interview him personally on the podcast, if, if possible. Absolutely. I don't know how that'll work, but it has to be a safe place, right? Where he's not coddled, but he is certainly uh, not uh, attacked. Yeah, yeah. And, and, Especially if we're going to publish it, yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, was was that where it came from? Was it from the guy conversation? Or was it something you're? I mean, maybe you should just. Uh, it, no, you know what? I think it was actually I was rehashing another conversation I had with a different guy. Oh. Okay. So there's three. There's three guys, right? Being <laughs> one of them, and then let's call the one guy crazy because that's pretty correct. And then we'll call the other one not crazy. Because <laughs> uh, that's also quite correct. I like the fact that you and I can follow this, but probably everybody else is going to be up to peak right now. But let's, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Yeah. Let's go, I mean, let's go with else, it for now. Yeah. yeah, by everybody else, I guess we need us listening yeah, to ourselves. Yeah, this isn't happening yet. Yeah, so cool. But I, um, the, the stance on right to life. So originally, yeah, originally the conversation was, you know, I'm, I'm, I was, my position is, and I don't know if your position has changed. My, my position has changed a little bit, but not, I don't think significantly so, um, to where it would be, you know, com- like a complete denial of my former position or anything like that. So, Let's just, my position. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, man. No, no, that's fine. No, no. My position was essentially that um, that the only appropriate time to kill somebody is when you're under direct threat or when somebody who's innocent is under direct threat. So if you've got, let's say, a gunman and he's holding a gun to your head, threatening to kill you, you would be you would be in the right to to shoot that person or kill that person. And the, the, the other 
time when that would be okay is if, let's say, he has a gun to your head. So you're an innocent person, no reason to be shot. That would also be an acceptable time to, to kill them. So if you're defending your own life or, or defending somebody else's life. Okay. But once that person, let's say, you know, you're able to taser that person or something. Once that person is in custody, I don't see any reason specifically why you should kill them. Right. Especially when you have other avenues that you're at, you know, other avenues to follow. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we could be, you know, putting them in fMRI scanners or we could be doing other, you know, testing them to find out why they're the way they are, why they are killing people, you know, what's motivating them, um, what's different about them, you know, in, yeah. in, an, in an effort to to locate these people hopefully before they turn into murderers or whatever and 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 sort of redirect their energy to, to something more useful. Understood. And I I still I still feel that there is a you know with, with you know understanding that that's you know, that's weird. That's your stance on it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, you know, me personally, I just kind of feel like it works when it's something that is, uh, that produces something of value. And because it's unknown to where you're going to be studying these people, yeah, uh, that do these horrific things, that by studying them, you're going to get information, and it's going to add up to be something of value. You right. Know, that by not killing them, we're going to figure out how this brain ticks, and we're going to find a solution. Yeah. And, and it's going to be able, you know, in the long run, we're going to learn from it. <laughs> and right, and that's my, exactly my, my position, yes. Yeah, and, and my thought is, you know, that it holds merit, but at the same time, you know, that, that people are doing this already. We are learning some things, but I don't necessarily give the value of what we're learning about the brain through the value of these murderers. Uh, you could find that information maybe with alternatives. Yeah. Uh, uh, TBIs, these type of influences on the brain, traumatic brain injuries from people okay. who are, who are not murderers and that might produce they do produce similar things uh uh ptsd with tbi uh creates violence and violent acts these are all things that are you know pretty relevant but you can also take people who are not doing these extravagant horrific things of murder yeah uh and then automatically place them in the category of like well Clearly, the brain is responsible for these acts. Where, right. Where there, there's m- probably more going on than just that. And because of that, people can be twisted and sick, directly related to the brain. However, other influences take into place to where it, it's it's almost kind of arrogant to be like, we can figure this out and fix it because it's a criminal mind and they do these horrific things. Because it's, in a way, that's kind of like saying, well... These horrific things um, that, you know, when it comes to rape, child mm-hmm. molestation, sure. uh, not necessarily a chemical imbalance, 
mm-hmm. that can be, you know, learned from and then make them be a different part of society because then these things are vulnerable. And because they have the ability to adapt and change on you, you could be releasing a person after you, quote, found the solution. Right. Fix the brain. And by all stats, you know, all data accumulated, they are. And then they get released. And then they're, you know, approved. Uh, grade A piece of beef, you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and then they do it again. And you're like, well, let's go back to the research board. And let's go ahead and try this again. You know, it's a question of like how, how many times are you going to do it? Is it only meant for the ones who do the really big horrific crimes? Uh, what about the ones that are kind of at a micro level that are just like disturbingly fucked up? Okay. Which is basically done on an impulse. Um, you know, let's say the person is addicted to drugs, right? Yeah. The person goes ahead, gets off drugs in that nice, safe environment in prison, right? Yeah. Gets released. Well, safe for everybody else, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, safe for everybody else. <laughs> safe, safe for not, maybe not safe for them, but yeah. Uh, and maybe with the other prisoners, too. Like, they live, and that's, you know, they're in this safe environment where it's controlled, I guess. There's no, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they've been living in a controlled environment. There might be some influences, but it's not as tempting to when once they get released, then they want that drug. And they go back to that drug. And they yeah. flip up on their treatment part of it. Yeah. And then they do that crime again. And, and after a while, you're like, how much fucking money and yeah. time are we going to put on this until after a while? And they're, and they're affecting other people negatively. Yeah. Which after a while, you're kind of like, how much value is actually in this person's life and in the information that we can learn from this brain when we already, this is what's wrong with them, but they still aren't able to control it. I mean, what are we expecting? Are you expecting a murderer to be able to do something wonderful once they're released from prison after having a day at it where it's like, look, we can control and fix the brain now. Now you're going to be this amazing, productive person of society, and you're going to make society better. I mean, there are people who haven't done heinous crimes who actually don't produce uh, a lot to society. You know what I mean? <laughs> that yeah, you're you're possible. listening to two of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We don't fucking yeah. What do we have? Exactly, man. So I like gin. Yeah. Yeah. So let's put some more. You know, why put the emphasis on you know somebody who did something horrifically horrible and be like, oh, we can learn from this. It's like how how much is actually to be learned? We just be like that. That's a broken. That's a broken record and. And in fact, we're probably better off. We don't have to keep it alive. We don't have to pay for it while to, you know, to keep it alive in prison. We can just save everybody some money and some grief. And if the, and if the victims of the family are cool with it, we can just get rid of it. We can get rid of the problem. And we can kill mm-hmm. Well, okay. So there's, I wanted to take some of that at sort of point at a time, you know? Um, Please, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot out there. So, so the the one main the one main thing I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the one main thing I'm hearing is that you're saying what happens after the treatment or whatever, and we let them go. What happens when we let them out? Right. That that's a major concern. That they'll they may be uh, 
I, I guess they may be nullified at, for a moment. They may be nullified in prison, but what happens when we let them out? Do, do we really – you're asking me essentially, am I suggesting that we study them and, quote, unquote, try to fix them and then re-release them into society? Is that one of your concerns? Because that, that was not my position. I just no, 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 no. Clear. I, I think it's uh, – yeah, maybe you're not – maybe taking out the whole release them into society, but just like what happens after you get the information? Yeah, okay. So forget about what – we don't – I'm not suggesting that we let them go. And I'll tell you why. There's actually a really important – that's a really important point. So um, I'm just taking some notes. Sure. Okay. So I don't want to lose that point that you made. But so uh, just to be clear, I, I'm not suggesting that we let murderers go back into society. Um. And there's some nuance here, but I'll, for simplicity's sake, I'll just say we don't let them back into society. I don't think that okay. it's impossible that somebody could kill somebody and then not be a danger to society after that. I think there are, are situations where somebody would kill somebody and that would be the only time they would kill somebody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, excluding those people, let's just, let's focus on people that are like serial murderers or, you know, serial criminals. People that are, are shown to do more than one crime or to just engage in criminal activity. They have all the symptoms, right? They have maybe some post-trauma, like you said. Maybe they have a head injury. Maybe they have that coupled with a couple different personality disorders, like antipersonal, or excuse me, antisocial personality disorder or whatever. And then, you know, coupled with a traumatic childhood and so on and so on, right? And so we've identified these people as not allowed to live in society. Yep. So, so that's the that's the that's the key takeaway. So we don't have to worry about re-releasing them. Okay. So, yeah. so we can just, uh, yeah, we can. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you with that. Uh, I, you know, just yeah. to paraphrase what I was trying to rephrase is what happens after you get to data. Yeah, right, right. So then, so we do a test or whatever, and then we, you know, we, we classify them in, in with a certain group, let's say, you know, of they ha they show this kind of brain activity or whatever, so we know that they're that type of person, right? So they've contributed to the data, so what are the, what do we do with them? And, and it sounds like your main concerns are time and money, that we're spending money on these people that could be better spent elsewhere. Yeah, resources, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and that's valid. I, I think that's totally valid. And and you, you mentioned one other thing that I wanted to touch on was um, I'm not suggesting that we can rehabilitate them. I think that it's possible, but that's not my goal. Because I, I the more I the more I look into this kind of stuff, the more I think that it's it's not likely that. You know, for we both read the book, uh, The Iceman, right? It's just not likely that Richard Kuklinski is going to not murder people when he gets out of out of prison, if if he ever got out of prison. I mean, right. he's dead now, yeah. so we don't have to worry about that. But but yeah. it's just not likely that they would be able to rehabilitate such a person. Right. I think the goal is to determine who these people are as young as possible, and then provide special care for them. You know what I mean? So, like, let's say uh, use Use, uh, you know, pick, pick a subject like Saddam Hussein's son, 
right? Saddam Hussein's son is a terrible person who is now dead, I believe. I think we killed him. But before he was killed by our armies, um, he, you know, would routinely rape, kill, pillage, plunder. He, he was a, a sociopath and a psychopath on an unprecedented level. I mean, he was just a thug and a criminal, right? Yeah. And, and, and a couple things are at play there. He's, first of all, he's Saddam Hussein's son, <laughs> right? So he grew up in a place where killing people was, you know, probably, it was a part of the family. Yeah, that, that's yeah. how they did what they did. And he probably inherited a couple of other uh, psychopathic tendencies and maybe a couple of brain injuries and maybe a couple other things too, personality disorders and so on. But at some point, Saddam Hussein's son was a two-year-old, you know, was a four-year-old, or or was a person that could have been taken out of the situation they were in and put into a situation that would maximize the potential of that person towards being at least useful in society and not a detriment. Still, yeah. I mean, could we also say that, you know, I don't know, man, uh, useful... It, it, what about the possibility of like, you're working with this person, constantly monitoring them their whole life <laughs> so that they don't become this horrific human being? Uh, do you call that useful? Because that's a possibility well, I'm not, too, right? I'm I mean, not suggesting yeah. that though. I, I'm saying, uh, when I say like we, we, you know, take them out of a situation and put them into a, a better situation, it's, I mean, obviously, we're talking about, you know, parenting and we're talking about how do you, how do you, how do you go about doing that? And, and that's just what I'm, I'm trying to set the goalposts here so we can maybe move them. Okay. Um, I'm getting a lot of, like, background noise. I don't know what. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. That's, no, it's uh, okay. I just wanted means... to let you know. I'm hearing Thanks, a lot man. of, like, background stuff. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like you're wrestling or something. <laughs> Are you violently <laughs> masturbating again? It's time for this to stop. <laughs> Just working on my swordplay, bro. Yeah, dude, you will not be re-released into society until you have stopped violently masturbating yourself to climax, uh, and this is yeah. not the appropriate time. Yeah, I figured I could, you know, work in my swordplay. Starting sword to play interfere with your social life. Six o'clock, Saturday yeah. night, you know. I just figured yes. I'd throw it. I apologize, man. Um, it's starting to interfere with your personal life and your and your job. <laughs> I got the oh. oh, dude, I got Highlander on view. You know, I could have well, had yeah. that. I could have had that plan, but I had enough no, no. to do that. But then, no. It's all good. I apologize. Don't worry about it. So I just, I'm so okay. So this is kind of a mind experiment, a thinking experiment, in order to find out what is actually reasonable, right? So. So when I say we study certain kinds of people that do this types of things to determine how they became the way they are, it's so that we can locate these people early and and intervene in some way. But but the actual intervention would require things like taking a child away from its parents and putting it into a foster home or something like that. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So I don't... I don't know how viable that is. I don't know if that's reasonable. It's 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 twisted, man. Because all right, so um, the, it seems the, the things to consider with that is like there's, there's already practices in play when it comes down to, and I'm not 
Hey, you know, hey, I hope this is I hope this goes across. This is us tossing back and forth. No, uh, we are. We're just I, brainstorming. I yeah, and not like yeah. you being like, no, Paul, because of this, but just some, yeah, no. something that uh, I've been uh, it's been put in front of me is that foster care is a tricky thing. <clears throat> because yeah, clearly. Foster care, they're too to cost money and resources. And it's not, you know, some people might look at it as a nice chunk of money. And for those people, they look at that as a, they, they can manipulate that, figure that it's an opportunity to make money. Yeah. Those foster care systems are set up to where it's cheaper to provide this child with a foster care system than it is for the actual state to take them into an area and just put them in one location and monitor them like a boarding school. Right, uh, right. So, but... The more you foster, the more money you get. So, therefore, no, right. a, a lot of the foster parents, there is a history, not a lot, but there is a history of foster families taking advantage of. And, of course, yeah. Clearly making the situation even worse. So, if you're gonna, if you're gonna implement another system in play, yeah. you know, on, on the one hand, it's, it's a great idea in theory, but is it flawed? Absolutely, you know what I mean? So a foster care system for, you know, uh, uh, a child who's like a baby from a murderous, you know, a murder environment or whatever, you can put them in a foster care system and then you like give them all the resources and nurturing that you can provide, but then there's also that possibility of exposure of a negative thing happening to where you're basically saying, look, if all these outliers are eliminated, then it's it's gold, but well, okay, that's not. It's kind of tough to do. I, no, no, I hear I hear what you're saying, and you, you have it's a valid point. And let's let me just let me just clear the air of any smoke, okay? Because because it sounds like we're getting sort of muddled in in the smoke. I, okay. I I grant completely that the foster care system is is flawed, right? And that there are people we all, that we all, knew, we all knew the fucking kid in high school, man. You know, we all yeah, fucking totally. My stepbrother was one of them. He went to foster care because his mom was seen unfit. Okay. As apparently know. was my dad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, and, and you, you know. guys seemed all right. I'm talking. I'm talking about like the one. Like you never heard about the ones that it's working good with, but you always knew the ones where it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't, don't. If you see, if it's just, if you walk in that bathroom to take a piss and that guy's in there. You like you turn around and you go down to the next bathroom because you're just like ah, yeah, not dealing with that you know danger. I mean? Yeah, yeah, that that fucking but that's a but, different level. But, yeah, okay, but let's let's just clear the air of that smoke, okay? Let just for the sake of the moral argument that we're making, because okay, because if we add more complexity to this, I, we need. I feel like we need to strip away some of the. These are genuine good concerns, but we're not even we're not even in the discussion of should foster care work yet. We're, we're just trying to identify, is it, is it moral to kill people that are, are killers, right? That are murderers. I totally forgot about that. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I see what, what the saying. fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you get, you get my point though, right? It's like, it's like, okay, so let's just clear the air. Let's just assume for the sake of argument that we can identify these. Well, let's not assume we can identify the kids, but let's assume that we, if we could identify the kids, that we could implement, a, that we could put them into a system 
that would be better than the one they were in and make it less likely that they become mass murderers or sadists or whatever, right? Like, okay. let's just yeah. take that as an assumption that that's possible, okay? And, okay. and, and, and leave it, I mean, do you agree that that's possible? I, I understand that there's a flaw in the system and that there's ways around it. There's ways that this system could fail, but it Probably. is possible that we could put a child that is currently under Saddam Hussein's care and put them in a position that would be better, that would make it more likely that they would be successful in life. Uh, yes. Okay. And, I mean, this would have to assume a lot because now we're back to the people in prison, right? And what do we do with them? Okay. So the the, the goal is to research these people. So that's what we're going to do with the data. So so part of your question was, is what do we do with this data? What happens to the to the data, and then what happens after we've captured the data? Okay. Right? So in my, in my, in this mind walk, from my perspective, I'm, I'm wondering, and I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not convinced of this yet. I mean, part of this, the format that, that I'm trying to do with you uh, in this podcast, in, the, in this discussion, is to, I want to change my mind. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, anchor in. I don't want to dig in my heels and push my position. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, but I want to change my mind so that my position is better. So that I, so that I, I gain some knowledge from this conversation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, or, uh, the, the experience of, uh, the, in the movie Karate Kid. <laughs> Daniel son needed to, uh, submerge himself within the environment. Uh, learn the skills necessary, not use them all right away, but at the end of the day, he learned a lot from his losses and, yeah. and, and came back at the end. Yeah, exactly. With the knowledge that he got from the child molester, uh, <laughs> again, the car. Yeah. And that guy was a fucking whack job. But anyway, so this, the idea here is to, to get, to get to a more, uh, a more solid, reasonable ground for to then launch into more ideas so hopefully it'll build you know over time that's the that's that's the goal but but anyway so i digress so we've got these prisoners they've been identified as murderers we both agree that they shouldn't be released into society agreed yep and your position is is should we kill them or your position is is at some point we need to cut the umbilical cord and just put them down essentially yes yeah. And there's maybe some kind of monetary limit that we're willing to spend on them before we, let's say, revert that money away from studying criminals and put it towards, let's say, saving children that are about to become criminals, right? Some, something like that. I, I mean, sure. Uh, yeah, but something like that. I, I hear what you're saying, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, okay. You sound uncomfortable with that, but... Well, no, no, I... The only reason why is because it's like, you know, taking the money in order to put it back into children in order to not be criminals is kind of like, well, I guess. Uh, it's just, but that's, I think it's a part of your position, so let's, let's go with it. Uh, okay, well, let me, yeah. I, I, get, I put those words into your mouth, though. I, I don't know what you would use the money for or what you're saving the money for. But I just, I'm just saying that, like, I get it. I get what you're saying. I, I understand that there's limited time and limited money. Right. So yeah, yeah. at some point we have to stop doing 
fMRI scans on criminals and start putting time and energy into other things that are more beneficial. There you go. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. So when do you propose that we do this? I mean, what, what's your what, what would you see as the limit to to what we would, let's say, incarcerate and study these people? I think uh, a sample size would work. I would, you know, instead of it being across uh, across the board with with everybody. Like, if, all right, so let's say, uh, just for argument's sake, you take yeah. ten people that have all, uh, you know, committed the same heinous crime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Why do you need all ten? Why not okay. just five, considering the cost of it, and mm-hmm. then you have the death penalty for the other ones? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, why why isn't that a sufficient position to have a stance with? Because the right to life basically says if it's not if it's not these two circumstances, you should not kill anybody. Okay. Essentially, yeah. I mean. There's a couple other circumstances that we could talk about, but I think those are the they bo- they all boil down to those two. Okay, <clears throat> so my 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 stance is instead of having all ten, why not just have five mm-hmm. as a population to study, mm-hmm. and then uh, put the death penalty to the other five. And just using that, you know, you can you can increase that number or decrease it or whatever. Sure, sure. You're, well, uh, essentially, you're yeah. suggesting that we we don't put a cap on the amount of money we spend. We we try and just minimize the amount of money we spend by only using smaller sample sizes, less people. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I get I get that we don't want to spend money needlessly on people that we can't either make better, you know, like rehabilitate or whatever, because I, I don't think we're suggesting that, that we try to rehabilitate them. We, we just want to learn from them. Right. Yep. And that's, I, honestly, that's a, that's a really hard position to argue against, because as soon as you bring it up, now the economist in me says, well, in a certain, under certain circumstances, you're right, because we do only have so much time and so much money, and we need to use it in the best way possible. But does it sway does it sway your thoughts at all thinking that we could be putting to death people that were innocent or maybe 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 innocent is not the right word but not guilty? I mean where do we draw the line is it is it just for murderers? Or right. I mean what, I think that's I, I think- guess I guess that's the a question, difficult thing. That's a difficult yeah. thing because the right to life doesn't define it either. You know what I mean? The right to life doesn't define, you know, uh, I believe the right to life is basically saying, here's the brain. We can learn about the brain. We can control the brain once, we, once we're able to unlock its mysteries, you know, which is, which is well, amazing no, what, they have, what they have done so far because there's a lot of unknown things. And it's like, look, man, if you're just, if you're not paying attention to this, you're not you're not evolving with the circumstance. Like you're not you're not trying to find a solution to it. And I I see you know I, I, I see the benefit of that, but I I don't see the benefit of it being across the board <clears throat> because it's not it's not defined as far as 
what these crimes are. You know what I mean? And it's no, I I don't. I, I'm you've, you're kind of losing me. I, I don't mean to be rude, but <laughs> the the only thing that the right to life says, the only thing that 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 right states is that you shouldn't kill people unless they're actively trying to kill you or another innocent person. So it's so that's if they've it. done the killing, you shouldn't kill them. Is that kind of safe to say? Oh yeah, that's definitely safe, especially if they're if they're not, you know, primed to do it again, if they're incarcerated, for instance. Once they're incarcerated, why are we killing them? Because they're no longer a danger to society. They're just unfortunate enough to be the type of people that kill other people. And this this goes into free will, this goes into a lot of things we can we can peel the onion. But there's there's no way that this idea of a right to life, that, that you have a moral obligation to not kill people unless they're trying to kill you or another innocent person. It, it doesn't it doesn't define anything else other than that. It doesn't say anything else other than that. And it's never going to. That's why I'm asking, what are the parameters that you're saying? What what system are you using to identify which ones we kill and which ones we don't? Do we only kill murderers or do we do we kill do we kill other people? I know when 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 we spoke about it last time, money was a big problem. You you were saying, well, we're spending all this money, and I agree that's money we could be spending somewhere else. But with the money argument, you could say, you know, Anybody that's in prison for more than, let's say, 10 years or is costing us too much money for whatever reason they're in there for. So where do you, you know, where do you plant your flag then? Where do, where's the flag where these people die and these people live? It just, those, it, it just depends on it. I mean, I, I hear you. I mean, and I, and I think the only way that I can answer that clearly is just it depends on the actual events that have got them incarcerated. So what? The, but what does it depend on? That's the thing. That's the question. What? What are we? What are we saying? So if you rape depends one on the crime. person, depends on okay. the crime. So I'm saying the only the only crime that is is subject to capital punishment is actively being caught in the act of trying to kill somebody, whether it's an innocent person or, or in self defense. So what other what are what other things are worthy of capital punishment? And is it is it just monetary that we that we're weighing this on, or what's the other? Yeah, we should, the, we should we should look and see. We need to look up the law as far as what that is, um, because clearly no, but, there is a law that's out there that that says what is uh, defined as capital punishment, and it's not just like you know, obviously it's not just. One paragraph, like there has to be multiple marks met. But that's what we're deciding in this conversation. It, it, the laws are irrelevant. I mean, I don't, I don't have, and that's a, that's a tough thing, is that because you and I don't have that law in front of us. But we don't need the law. We, we can I decide. Mean, the it. law kind of created capital punishment. No, it didn't. It, it, the <laughs> the ideas created capital punishment. People like us got together who were writing laws, and they said, when should we kill people and when should we not? And I'm asking you directly, when do you think we should kill people? I mean, depends on the crime, man. I honestly, I don't, I don't really have any compassion for uh, 
multiple offenses of the same crime. Sure. Yeah. And, I don't. And I don't really have a lot. Of, I don't have a lot of compassion for that. And I can even say that when it comes down to something as minimal as day to day thing, when it comes to a DUI, if a person has multiple DUIs. And if that person has got in an accident and killed somebody else in that accident, right? I don't really see the benefit of being like, look, man, let's put them in jail. We'll have them go through the process and we'll bring them back out. Maybe it was a dark time in their life. It's just one of those things where you're like, I think, I mean, there's, there's clearly numerous documentation of Dewey's being held up into the teens. So it's just like, it's a matter of time. I mean, you're, you're, you're rolling the dice for this person to kill somebody else. Right. I don't see a reason why. I, I'd sleep just fine being like, hey, this uh, this person with this alcohol problem who keeps on hopping in their car got put to death. Right. I'd, I'd be like, okay. That doesn't phase me. Like, I think that, in fact, I think that's actually, I, I'm kind of like, I'm glad that person's off the road now. Mm-hmm. So just by that, just by that example, does that kind of, does that provide you at least one kind of definition? Mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's <laughs> what I was trying to get you to say. Essentially, is where does the where does the marker, where where do you plant your flag? I mean, and here's here's where you and I are completely at odds. Okay. I, I, I could I could never, or maybe I shouldn't say never, but. I just don't know how you can justify killing somebody for essentially something you think they're going to do in the future. Sure. They haven't done it yet, and there's no proof that they're going to do it. Now, you know, I guess I just don't understand. Do you feel, do you feel any, would you feel any responsibility then by having that stance? If the person did uh, kill somebody in such a circumstance that we're talking about with the DUI, would you feel like because would would you feel any connection to that? Where you're like, well, we just we didn't know that that was actually going to happen because that that accident was an accident. You know, mm-hmm. we were under the influence, despite they they're having a, a, a long track record. Of having yeah. DWIs, we yeah. didn't actually know that that person was going to get in an accident and kill another human being within that accident. That person was going to survive. So therefore, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but I still stand by. I'm uh, I'm glad this person is still able to go through the rehabilitation process, and we can learn from them. Well, do I think that, do I think that, like, let's say somebody who has, you were saying a couple dozen DUIs or whatever, let, I mean, just to make it a, exorbitant, right, like a, a crazy amount, and they are showing that they have no control and that they're not, you know, then I, I would, I would say, I would, I would require that person to go to jail. I mean, you're not allowed to live in our society if you can't, if, if, if you're, you're going to be released. dangerous for everybody. No, but they're not released. That's the point. I mean, if you can okay. show sufficient prior evidence that you're not trustworthy in society, whether you're killing people because you're drunk and driving or whether you're killing people because you're a psychopath or whatever, then then your place is in prison. That's what prison is for. So then we should 
as a society pay for that person to be able to go to prison because we're, we're not we're not paying to kill them now as taxpayers within the United States. We're now paying them right, to right. be in prison. We're paying to keep them alive yep. until their last days through prison. Yeah. And we should we should be all right with that. Well, I mean, I, I guess what's the alternative? The, the alternative picture that you're painting is that you get three DUIs and then we kill you. That to me sounds sounds like a terror, like a like some kind of crazy totalitarian dictatorship or something. I mean, maybe those aren't the right words exactly, but what about what about just, ten? What about ten? Well, what about what about ten? I mean, I don't I don't understand. What if you got ten DUIs and you didn't kill anybody? Yeah. Like we should kill them? I I mean because they're putting they're, because their existence out of society. Yeah. Shows the pattern of them yeah. putting society at risk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I mean as as much as you say, what we should kill them. And then the response is, yeah. Yeah, no, I, okay, so that's your, that's where you're, I know, that's where you're planting your flag, but then I, I just don't know how morally you've justified that position. Well, because it's putting, it's putting people, their existence. Why wouldn't you just pattern, put them in prison? Because why, because we're, we're, well, we are. We are just putting them in prison. I know, I'm and, asking and you it, why you until, would kill them until, and not until, just put them it's in It's not until, like, after, you know what I mean, until that person actually kills somebody that they might be in prison longer, or maybe, yeah. you know, they'll have a life sentence, but they can still get out, and there's still that possibility, and at the, you know, of them committing the crime again, of driving under the influence uh, to the point where they're clearly not just with a buzz, but... They now have the record of that they've killed somebody. To no, I know that, that person. That person's life could have been uh, not stripped away when. But you're not even you. You can't. You can't have a position where so you're defending morally, one morally, person's no, but life wait, 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 and not but another more, person. But, but morally, uh, I feel that the person's life who was taken by the drunk driver has more value in it. Than the drunk driver. Well, what if the person that the drunk driver ran over was a rapist? Yeah. It's still... A rapist's life is more valuable than a drunk driver's life? Uh... Yeah. I'd have to say... A rapist? Yeah, I'd have to say it is because... What if it was another drunk driver that kills people? Because we we are talking about... We're not talking about like somebody just doing a drunk driving once, right? We're talking about multiple, multiple offenses, right? I don't know what, I'm, I'm trying to understand what it is you're talking about because I don't understand how you're able to say, to parse out the lives and say this life is more valuable than that life. And I don't understand how you're, you're drawing this line that says, well, in order to save these lives, you obviously care about whether people live or die. You're, sure, you're, yeah. you're saying, though, in order to save these lives, we should kill these lives. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I know, yeah, it's, but, I know it's a tough thing for you, and, and like we discussed, uh, I yeah. know that this is a hard thing for you to uh, grasp 
because no, you're, you're, I, standing, I you're standing, it, you're standing you're by not, You're not you're standing by supporting it with evidence. What is the reason that you're saying these people's lives are less valuable than these other people? Because the person who got hit by the drunk driver uh, wasn't under the, uh, the control of putting themselves under the influence to the point to where they, they killed that other person. So it was that person's choice to put themselves in a state of mind to where they're under the influence enough to where they lost control and they killed somebody. And that person who, who died in that drunk driving accident, that person not being under the influence, that person's right to life was taken away. Yeah. Because of the actions of this other person. So that, right. by, by my stance morally, I, I stand by the, by, by that argument by saying that person's life was worth a lot more than the person who put themselves in a state to where they got, they caused the accident. Okay, so your claim is that the person who was drunk has less of a right to life than the person who was not drunk. And it was just because they were drunk? While driving. And they were drunk to the point to where they lost it again. It affected their ability to... So, so by that definition, by that reasoning, if you get drunk tonight, your right to life will be worth less the more drunk you get. No. Meaning we'll be more qualified to kill you. If you're drunk enough to get a Dewey, yeah. Well, why is it just if you drive? What, what does that matter? What if you're just drunk and you're walking over to the doing, park driving under and the you influence. kill somebody? Driving under the influence. Don't, 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 don't make it about just drinking. Oh, it's dry, I'm not doing. trying to. I'm asking driving, you, what does it have to do with... under the influence. Don't, don't conveniently leave that out. No, I'm not conveniently leaving that out. I'm asking why what you saying, that... Like, what, what you're saying, like, if I just drink at home, I'm... I'm, no, I'm, I'm asking worth less you than the person who's not true. drinking. I'm asking what? you if that's true because that no, sounds no, like your reason. No, you're not driving. If you're not driving, if you're not caught, no, no. So the key is driving. Well, what if I'm not under the influence and I, I mean, under this, kill under somebody? This example, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but okay. Well, then if the key is driving in this example, what if I'm not under the influence and I'm driving and I kill somebody? Completely different. And if so you it is can't, the alcohol. You, it is the amount of alcohol that makes the difference. Yeah. In this circumstance for this crime, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the effect of the alcohol on the person to which they go ahead and hop into their car, drive off. And they've been told many times, hey, man, you're not a good driver when you're drunk. Hence your, uh, hence your background. And the person keeps on doing it. And then they go ahead and... They kill somebody in a drunk driving accident. Then, yeah, morally, I am. I find that the value of that person who's who's got the alcohol problem, who's got the record, yeah, is worth very little. In fact, I can go ahead and say, at that moment in time, they're worth nothing. And if that person uh, gets, you know, the death penalty. Absolutely. That makes complete sense to me. 
Okay. Well, that okay. That's that's fine. That that's your position. I don't see that sure. you're that you're that you're able to to tend to that position across the board. I mean, it this this sort you're of right. it's, it's valuing of souls and all that kind of stuff, if you want to call it that, or valuing of life based on these circumstances doesn't apply well to to broad general to laws terms. and and how how things, that's not. I mean, in other words, that's... The laws not, that we don't have in front of us that you're... No, 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 don't, to, don't worry about laws that we okay. don't have. We're making laws. We're talking about making our own laws right now. We don't have to care about what other people have made up their own laws. You're, you okay. Your law that you've just... You're proposing a law right now, and you're saying that if a drunk driver kills somebody, that we should kill them. Yeah. And and I... That's your law. And, and that, to me intuitively sounds immoral for okay. one and then and then for two there doesn't seem to be a solid justification for that that holds up to to scrutiny or questioning now that that okay. may be irrelevant to you i i don't know if that matters to you but it, it sounds like you're just saying because i say so or because i feel like i mean you even use those words and that's that's not how we make laws i mean we, we try to make laws that apply to everybody equally and this is this is why we have words in in documents that say you know all men are created equal or whatever like that's how we came to those conclusions that's how we came to the right of life conclusion. Cool. Which hey man, which, I, got, I got another call coming in. Let me give you a call right back. Uh, okay. Ear seduction.